Hello, guys, and welcome to another episode of Thinking Out Loud. Um, our last episode, we did a little bit of coverage on the issues going on, the crisis going on in Israel-Palestine. Um, but like we talked about, we chose to focus on a different angle as to why Israel is a rogue state. Obviously, we know that they're committing genocide in Palestine, in the Gaza Strip, with some of the most egregious uh, crimes against humanity, I think, that uh, any of us have seen uh, in our lifetime in a digital age where it's being recorded and uh, you have on-the-ground eyewitness testimony that's essentially beamed right into your head. You know, in our last episode, we discussed how Israel was a rogue regime in another way with its harboring of criminals, with a long-standing policy of hiding sexual predators, war criminals, uh, fraudsters, all the uh, terrorists, all these different things. Um, today I'm going to be doing a, another brief video discussing some of the lies that have surrounded um, this war, this genocide in Palestine. Um, so obviously October 7th happened, a massive uh, insurgency uprising uh, by Hamas and other uh, pro-Palestine, Palestine liberation groups from across the political spectrum. Uh, coalition, but obviously with Ham uh, Hamas leading the charge in this. Um, and around that, particularly with October 7th, we have seen Israeli news media, um, Western news media in general, particularly in U.S. imperial media, um, talking about the supposed atrocities, absolute horror show acts create uh, perpetuated by Hamas, right? Um, any of you that have been following this issue closely through uh, independent media know that a lot of these lies have been dispelled, i.e. the case of Hamas apparently um, beheading 40 babies, um, and you even had Biden backing this up and, and making statements saying, I've seen photos. Uh, most news agencies later came out and uh, retracted this, saying that there was no proof and it seems to have been a fabrication. Um, all kinds of stories like uh, mass gang rapes in uh, uh, Palestine and in Gaza of Hamas just apparently raping women in the street. Just terrible, terrible things uh, that we're hearing out of the Israeli media, out of Israeli officials and U.S. media and officials as well, right? But as we know, a lot of that has been dispelled. Um, so we're going to take some time here and we'll try to do this video quicker like we did with the last one as well to uh, dispel more Israeli lies, particularly around the events of October 7th, right? Uh, so with October 7th, we heard that, you know, they broke through this um, quarantine wall and they were just apparently uh, indiscriminately massacring people at a uh, EDM festival, the, the Nova Festival, which a little addendum here, but, um, and I don't, I'm not, trying to justify the murder of any innocent people but i mean you could obviously first off make a case is anyone in a settler colony particularly israel where people oftentimes have dual citizenship and they choose to be settler colonialists in israel um you know so is anyone in israeli society truly innocent you can make a case similar um for the u.s but that is a discussion of course for another time and i'm not going to justify indiscriminate killing but i do want to point out the sort of dystopic horror show of P this Nova Festival is being hosted very near to the uh, borders and defenses and quarantine zones of the Gaza Strip. So these people, in a sense, in Gaza, the Gaza Strip is a fucking open-air prison. It is a concentration camp. So there's something incredibly, to me, egregious and morally bankrupt of 
partying and dropping ecstasy and mm, 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 fucking dance around with your glow. I love dancing with glow sticks, but doing it next to a fucking concentration camp. I mean, if that isn't indicative of people living in the empire, I don't know what is. But anyway, uh, before I go on a tangent, which I am notorious for, uh, we're going to be discussing how a lot of these um, supposed atrocities or crimes against humanity, war crimes perpetuated by Hamas, are not only exaggerated, not only lies, but by and large, a lot of the civilians and horror show shit that happened on October 7th was a result of Israeli policy, right? So let's go ahead and jump into the reading here, guys. Um, and again, we'll try to blow through this. I have three different articles, but we're going to try to blow through this quickly, so I'm sorry if it's kind of rapid fire, but again, we are trying to keep these videos shorter. So Israeli helicopter opened fire on Israelis in festival during Hamas talk on October 7th report. Report details contrary to Israeli official narrative about attack which claimed Hamas gunmen slaughtered revelers during the festival. This is out of Jerusalem, says, uh, A new report revealed Saturday that an Israeli military helicopter opened fire on Palestinian gunmen, but wounded Israelis participating in a festival during an October 7th attack by Hamas against Israel. The Haaretz newspaper said an Israeli security assessment was based on an investigation by police with Hamas gunmen who were arrested October 7th. So they're getting this information from Hamas um, that have, I'm going to go ahead and assume we're fucking probably tortured beyond a belief if we know anything about the, the legacy or the reputation of the Israeli state, particularly their police and military, right? Um, but I wanted to do some coverage on this because I had recently seen some things off Twitter that um, Netanyahu and his administration were talking about pulling funding from Haaretz. Haaretz is a Israeli newspaper for publishing um, this report, right? And I don't have the actual Haaretz report here because it's behind a paywall, but someone sent me um, um, this article here, which is essentially a copy and paste of it, right? So let's go on ahead. Let's go on ahead with the reading here, guys. It says, it said, according to the assessment, the gunman had no prior information about the festival, which was held close to Kibbutz Raim, near the borders with Gaza. So another little addendum here. I have heard the stuff about this, and I absolutely cannot verify it. So grain of salt, many grains of salt here, guys. I had heard that this festival had been moved last minute. Um, and if that does check out, it would make sense that maybe these gunmen, uh, Hamas, had no idea that this was going to be happening. Right? Anyway, let's go on here. It says, Israel, Israel's um, Yedioth newspaper also published a report on Israeli Air Force helicopters intervening in the attack carried out by Hamas from Gaza on October 7th. The newspaper reported that the Israeli forces found it difficult to identify Hamas militants, of course, because you have just crowds of people. It, it's chaos. This is a war zone. Uh, it, and the fact that you're going to dispatch uh, military uh, helicopters with Hellfire missiles and the whole spread to an area that you know is densely um, populated instead of responding on the ground with forces and armored vehicles and stuff more initially. I mean, it's just crazy. These helicopters and stuff like this are weapons of mass destruction uh, they are not surgical quote-unquote surgical military tools right the hamas terrorists were instructed to slowly blend in with the crowd and not to move under any circumstances so keep in mind with us two guys some of this stuff is like you know it, it is interesting to see an israeli newspaper or israeli sources uh in some of the other articles it'll be israeli uh hostages uh coming out and telling the truth or 
maybe even in some cases having more of a Freudian slip with some of these officials. Uh, but still keep in mind these publications will still spin it in such a way to maintain the overall narrative of this being a just war for the Israeli war, again, uh, for the Israeli government, right? Um, in this way, this is an example of that, obviously. In this way, they tried to fool the Air Force into believing that those below were Israelis. This deception worked for a while until the Apache helicopters, again, American-made helicopters, American-made weapons perpetuating this genocide, had to break free of all restraints. The pilots found it difficult to distinguish who was a terrorist and who was an Israeli, the report added. The newspaper said that when they realized that, some of them decided to use artillery shells against the terrorists independently without getting permission from their superiors. Okay, so this is an actual lie. And we will see in one of the later articles from Israeli officials how the higher-ups, the command in that region, did give them the green light to indiscriminately kill, to use these weapons of more uh, mass destruction, mass killing, rather than doing more of a surgical operation, which you think would make sense in regards to handling a terror situation that, from its, and I don't call it a terror situation, but a uh, militant operation focused on getting uh, hostages. You know there's going to be hostages. You know there's a lot of hostages. Um you know, you think that you respond in a more surgical way, but these commanders, uh, contrary to what's being said here in this article, did give them the green light for indiscriminate killing, essentially, right? Um, going on here, it says, police estimated the number killed the vessel was 364, of course. Um, the investigation details are contrary to the official Israeli narrative on the attack by the Palestinian resistance group, which claimed Hamas gunmen slaughtered the revelers in the festival. And, like, look, I'm going to give an addendum here as well. Uh, an asterisk. Um, I'm sure there was some indiscriminate killing because it's a war zone. It's fucking chaos. But as we'll see in some of these later articles, and, and if you just look at this whole thing zoomed out, obviously, Hamas is a guerrilla military organization, political organization. It, first off, it's not a terrorist group. It was democratically elected in Palestine to administer the sort of quasi-state, unfortunately, that Palestine is. Um, but obviously the West, Israel, refused to recognize uh, that democratic election because they don't want, first off, they don't want Palestinians to have any autonomy, but they especially don't want a more militant group, um, you know, in, in charge in Palestine. And then, of course, we could have a discussion about how Hamas was initially backed to rise up against uh, Yasser Arafat during this time period several years back because they wanted a more militant organization. Anyway, 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 that's a discussion for another time. I'm sure it's stuff that you've already been hearing about. Um, but getting off track here, again, the point of this operation, Hamas is a, a militant organization. It is the largest militant organization in Palestine uh, for decolonization, for anti-imperialism. But it is still incredibly small in terms of scale to the Israeli military machine in the Israeli state. And, of course, the Israeli military machine and state being backed by the much larger um, U.S. empire, right? Hamas knows th they weren't breaking out of Gaza, the quarantine of Gaza, the concentration camp of Gaza, to lay siege to the Israeli state with any hopes of winning. This is not what this was about. This was about getting hostages right, in order to barter with the Israeli state for certain demands for Palestinians. Uh, and as we've seen more recently with the hostage exchange, one of those being to release uh, hostages that are being held by 
Palestinian hostages that are being held by the Israeli state, many of them, as we have seen, were fucking children and women and had absolutely no affiliation with any sort of militant uh, organization going on in Palestine, right? Um, so that's what we have here, guys. Um, just a little bit of coverage from that, but I'm going to jump into some more details with this um, through the gray zone. So I have this article here. Um, says, Israeli October 7th poster child was killed by Israeli tank eyewitnesses revealed. This is from people on the ground. So you guys may have remembered this story just surging through um, all news media, all Western news media, um, about this little girl apparently being killed by Hamas. Uh, and it was used as an example by Netanyahu, all these different officials, of how bloodthirsty and inhumane, absolute savages Hamas is. They use this as the justification, again, to do the uh, operation that they have been, this genocidal carpet bombing in Gaza. Um, but as we're going to find out, she was not um, killed by Hamas. She was killed by the IDF, the Israeli Defense Forces. All right, so let's go ahead and jump into the reading here for this article. Again, I will try to keep it as brief as possible, give you the tidbits. Um, so, again, this is from the Gray Zone, Max Blumenthal. Obviously, you know of him. Uh, eyewitnesses to the October 7th hostage standoff in Kibbutz Beri, Beri have exposed Israel for misleading the world about the killings of 12-year-old Leel Hetzroni, her family, and her neighbors. In a desperate bid for international sympathy, the Israeli government has sought to stir outrage over the killing of a 12-year-old girl during the Hamas-led attack on southern Israel on October 7th. This little girl's body was burned so badly that it took forensic archaeologists more than six weeks to identify her. This is quote-unquote, the Israeli Foreign Ministry declared on its official Twitter slash X account. All that remains of 12-year-old Leel Hetzroni is ash and bone fragments. May her memory be a blessing. And you can see this tweet here from the um, Israeli Foreign Ministry. Um, so first off, one of the things we hear about with October 7th is, again, like I pointed out, Hamas, it, their whole purpose in this was to try to get hostages. But we hear from the Israeli officials from Western media that they just went in and did indiscriminate killing. And then during this relatively small window of time, did indiscriminate killing, took hostages, burned people in their houses, and all these different things, right? Um, when you look at that, when you zoom out and look at that, and you look at all these things in relation, you start to ask questions right away. It's like, what is the purpose of indiscriminate killing when you're trying to take hostages, right? Um, what is the purpose and where and when do you find the time or resources or uh, tools necessary to burn entire kibbutzes, to burn people in their vehicles uh, when your sole purpose is to try to get these hostages so that you can negotiate for um, certain demands, right? But we'll get more information about that uh, here. It says, Leel Hetzroni was among the non-combatants killed in Kibbutz Be'eri when the small southern Israeli community was momentarily taken over by Hamas militants seeking captives to spur a prisoner exchange. Again, like I said, during the standoff that ensued, she was killed instantly in alongside her twin brother, great aunt, and several other residents of Be'eri. However, the 12-year-old Hetzroni was not slain by Hamas, according to a new testimony by an Israeli eyewitness to the girl's death. She was killed by an Israeli tank shell alongside several neighbors. The revelation of Hetzroni's friendly fire death came as the government of Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu attempts to shut down the Israeli newspaper Haaretz. This is what I was talking about earlier. 
for reporting that Israeli Apache helicopters killed Israeli citizens fleeing the Nova Electronic Music Festival on October 7th. Haaretz reporting confined a viral gray zone investigation which highlighted disclosures by Israeli helicopter pilots and security officials of friendly fire orders throughout the fateful day. In, a, in another gray zone article, we can touch on how a lot of these images that you saw burned out buildings, burned out cars, people just melted to death into the concrete. Uh, how is uh, terrorists with <laughs> limited supplies and oftentimes very primitive um, small arms and munitions going to inflict this much death i mean it doesn't even check out of course israel is known for its cartoonish uh propaganda um but it's just really shocking to see it so uh front and center when they're so disproportionately killing human beings and then they try to paper it over with not even a fucking band-aid like with a little pimple patch you know um the commanders in the field made difficult decisions okay so again earlier we talked about um that other article, the one for Haaretz, it, it's it's still running flack for the Israeli state, even though it's revealing that there was a um, friendly fire situation. Why is it doing that? First thing I want to say there, it is doing that because while all of the Israeli state and essentially all of the Israeli population, not all, I'm sure, but the majority culturally uh Politically, people are on board with this genocide in Gaza against Palestinians because they don't look at Palestinians as human beings. They look at them as subhuman because it's an, it, the Israeli state is an ethno state built on essentially white supremacy, in this case, Jewish supremacy, right? So you do have that. You have all the, Pal the Israelis on board, across the board, with this genocide, with this operation, right? But it is still a quote unquote democracy a liberal a bourgeois democracy and there are political schisms within the israeli state between the you know more liberal israelis the more super super far right even more far right than netanyahu the far right that is netanyahu and then the more traditional conservative i mean just like in u.s politics right you know it's my idea that heretz is publishing this because there is a lot of outcry against netanyahu for his handling of october 7th they're like why did this happen why did you respond this way people in israeli society know that the uh hostage deal which has led to a ceasefire uh this week that we are hearing last week rather that we are hearing about they know that this deal has been on the table since day one so uh Haaretz is probably publishing this as a while still running flack for the overall operation as a way to sort of dig or take on um, Netanyahu's administration, right? Um, but this is what I talked about. That other article, Running Flack, um, lied in saying that individual GIs, government issues, um, soldiers in the IDF, uh, made the call themselves to fire, right? Putting the blame on the individual. But as we see here in this, um, one uh, a member of the security team from that was involved in Kibitz Berry told Haaretz that the commanders in the field made difficult decisions, including shelling houses on their occupants in order to eliminate the terrorists along the hostages. So here we see a contradiction, an open lie or half-truth. The commanders in the field, right? Um, a tank battalion commander right here recalled saying, I arrived in Be'eri to see Brigadier General, Brigadier General, this is not a low man on totem pole, Barak Haram, and the first thing he asked me to do is to fire a shell into the house where Hamas members were shelled. Uh, sheltering. So again, another lie. This is a 
very high up IDF uh, official officer giving the call to fire into a house that they know there are civilian hostages. Um, and of course this is happening because I'm sure most of you that have been following this issue have heard about how Israel has the Hannibal Directive, um, which was put in place, I believe, back in the early 2000s. The Hannibal Directive um, tells the IDF to kill everyone involved, even if there's Israeli hostages, right? And we'll have more information on that. Uh, later, Among them was the girl whose death has been weaponized to justify Israel's brutal assault on Gaza. When those two shells hit, Leal stopped screaming. Yasmin Porat was among the Israelis taken hostage by Hamas militants in Bayeri on October 7th. She had fled the Nova Electronic Music Festival and sought shelter in the community when the militants arrived. In a November 15th interview with the Israeli national broadcaster Khan's News, so again, all this stuff, you can be like, oh, well, it's a gray zone, it's left media, blah, blah, blah. It's like all the stuff that they are citing here is coming out of official reports and uh, mainstream media for that region, right? Uh, Parat provided exclusive details of the standoff, which badly uh, undercut her government's official narrative. Give me one second here, guys. Okay. Um, I sat there with the commander... Oh. I sat there with the commander of the unit, Parat recalled, and I described to him what the house looks like and where the terrorists are and where the hostages are. So she's giving them all this information. They know there are hostages in there. I actually drew it for him. Look here on the lawn where the four hostages, blah, blah, blah. Um, Parat explained, I told the Israeli commander, commander, about the twins, Yanai and Leel Hatsroni. Told them that there was young children in the house and their great-aunt Ayala. By 4 p.m., a gun battle began to rage between the militants inside the home and the Israeli special forces stationed across the street. After failing to dislodge the Hamas fighters, the Israelis called in a tank, 730. Talks about the shooting of shells, many shells, into the house. When the dust cleared, only Hadas Dagen emerged from the house alive. What a fucking trip it must be to come out of that. I mean, the only one alive. Perhaps said Dagen later told her Yasmin when the two big booms hit I felt like I flew in the air it took me two to three minutes to open my eyes I didn't feel my body I was completely paralyzed when I opened my eyes um I saw these people were dead Dagen confirmed that the tank shells killed Leal Hastroni the girl did not stop screaming for all those hours she told Parat referring to Leal she didn't stop screaming but when those two shells hit Leal stopped screaming I mean, I don't really have, I just, it's, that's, I can't imagine that situation. And I'm not sympathizing with settlers in this genocidal society, but these children, children are always innocent, you know, and I just, insane, man. Doggin emphasized to Peratt that none of the hostages had been intentionally killed. There were no, uh, by the Hamas fighters. None of the hostages had been intentionally killed by the Hamas fighters. There were no executions or anything like that, at least not the people with her. In a separate interview on October 15th, Parat insisted the Palestinian militants did not abuse us. They treated us very humanely. So that is testimony we are hearing again and again and again and again from Israelis being held captive um, by Hamas, that they are treated with the utmost respect, they were fed, uh, we had some elderly women that were released um, one or two weeks into the Israeli operation in Gaza, and they talked about how, you know, deeply sympathetic the Hamas... I mean, we are hearing this time and time again. This is not Hamas propaganda. This is coming from Israelis. Here we have another 
example of it, obviously. Um, uh, but it is clear that the Israeli decision to shell the home with tanks wound up killing almost everyone inside, including the child who has become a centerpiece of Israel's international anti-Hamas propaganda campaign. So that's the thing with this, guys. Um, it's not just the horror show of engaging in this Hannibal Directive, the Israeli uh, IDF engaging in the Hannibal Directive to not give a fuck about hostages of their own people, uh, friendly fire, killing indiscriminately, excessive use of force, obviously uh, not just what we're seeing in Gaza, but during the initial operation where they're firing into civilian homes. They do not give a fuck. What do you expect from a society that's built on genocide, right, that is uh, pushed culturally from all perspectives to be violent and uh, xenophobic and, uh, you know, supremacist in its nature? Um, but that, it, on top of that, this is what is so fucking egregious and hellish and inhuman about this is they use this little girl's death cynically to justify the murder of 8,000 fucking children in the Gaza Strip, right? It just shows you the nature of the Israeli state, the nature of the Israeli officials that are running this society to use the death of a 12-year-old girl to justify fucking genocide, right? Insane. All right, guys, so this next article is also from Gray Zone. I'm going to really plow through this one because we're already probably running about 30 minutes, and I uh, unfortunately have to go to work. But it's just more examples of how the Israeli government lied, the IDF lied, about what caused the death toll on October 7th and how, in, uh, in fact, the IDF was largely responsible for a lot of these civilian deaths here. So let's go ahead and jump into this here, guys. Um, again, Gray Zone. Um, this is a, um, what do you call it? A, um, readout or transcript of a, uh, podcast with Chris Hedges. And if you watch the Chris Hedges report where, um, Max Blumenthal was on there discussing his more recent article, uh, and evidence that he had showing the amount of friendly fire, uh, perpetuated by the IDF on its own people. Right. Um, so we'll just jump into this here quick uh i want to touch on on this qu quickly because this is the hannibal directive which many of you may have heard of some of you haven't um israel 1986 i was way off with the date there i apologize for that instituted a military policy called the hannibal directive apparently named for the carthaginian general who poisoned himself rather than be captured by the romans following the capture of two israeli soldiers by hezbollah the directive is designed to prevent israeli troops from falling into enemy hands through the maximum use of force even at the cost of killing the captured soldiers and civilians. The directive was executed during the 2014 Israeli assault on Gaza known as Operation Protective Edge. Hamas fighters on October uh, on August 1st, 2014 captured an Israeli soldier Lieutenant Hadar Golden. In response, Israel dropped more than 2,000 bombs, missiles, and shells. 2,000 um, over a hostage situation. In shells in the area where he's being held, Golden was killed, Golden, sorry, uh, along with over 100 Palestinian civilians. Excessive force is a war crime, mind you. The directive was supposedly rescinded in 2016. Um, let's see here, what else do we have? Um, yeah, so again, I touched on this, but the official story has been told to Americans in Israeli that Hamas terrorists, quote-unquote, stormed into southern Israel and began shooting and killing people at random, then burned them alive, tied up entire families in their homes, and then burned them all somehow, melted cars and burned people in their cars as they were trying to flee, and carried out this gigantic mass shooting. 
Um, and again, for Max Blumenthal here, like I said earlier, it's important to understand that the main goal in this Hamas and Palestinian Islamic Jihad military offensive was to gather as many captives as possible, particularly Israeli soldiers, in order to trigger the prisoner exchange that was witnessed with Gilad Shalit in 2011 was released. The Israeli soldier who was taken in 2006, who was operating a tank outside Gaza, was taken in exchange for 1,027 Palestinian prisoners, including the current prime minister of Gaza. Yahweh Sinwar. So yes, this is what I was saying. This was the point of the whole Hamas operation was to be more of a surgical strike to come in, get in as quick as possible, get out as quick as possible with as many hostages as possible so that you can negotiate for the thousands of political prisoners that Israel has in their prisons. Right. And that's why we are seeing this hostage exchange now. And this is why they were asking for this hostage um, negotiation immediately after the operation. Right. Um, so again, here we have evidence that this was not just indiscriminate killing decisions made by individual Israeli soldiers. It was, um, called for by high up officials. Like we saw with the brigadier general operating that, um, tank division. Um, so talking about this area that was overrun. So that was immediately overrun by gunmen as a military target. And with all those soldiers inside the head of the Gaza division, actually went into an underground bunker. He recounted the story to Heretz and made the tough decision to bomb his res crossing and they sent Hellfire missiles onto the res crossing from Apache helicopters. And this was basically the beginning of the Iron Swords operation that Netanyahu declared several days later, which is essentially the carpet bombing of Gaza. Another addition to this here, guys, says, talking about Kibbutz Beri, which we talked about in that earlier article, and yet they were told to empty their tanks, completely unload their ammo, then head back to base, get filled up again, reload, and then go shoot as many cars and people as they could go could on the ground. Does that sound like you're trying to stop terrorists? That is not how you stop, quote-unquote, terrorists. That is horrendous. They don't care who they kill, even their own people. Then um, this is talking about some of the evidence here for why they believe it was Hellfire Missiles. Right, and not Hamas somehow burning people, melting cars into concrete. But then you have all these images that the Israeli Foreign Ministry put out of cars that are completely melted and their corpses inside are charred. And those to me are telltale signs of Hellfire missile strikes from Apache helicopters and the Apache crews, the squadrons. They put out a video afterward of themselves shooting cars, hitting cars with Hellfire missiles, and shooting people who were pedestrians walking on the ground with cannon fire. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and tie this off here, guys, um, and we'll just leave the rest of the reading because we're going long enough here. But I just wanted to give you these examples, this evidence of a, the, a large number of the people killed on October 7th, 7th that Israel is using as justification to kill what now? 20 fucking thousand people in Palestine were a result of their own response to operation indiscriminate killing this hannibal directive and this is just another example another several examples of israel being caught in its propaganda lies it's just ridiculous the way that they will get on and lie and lie and lie and they are not even good lies they are terrible lies right and they consistently get dispelled so i just wanted to do some more palestine coverage for you guys and give you an example of how you know, in a lot of ways, obviously, what we're seeing with all these uh, pro-Palestine um, 
actions across the world, even in the imperial core of the United States. Israel is losing the ideological war, the propaganda war on this, because their propaganda department is dog shit, right? And we need to be clear that Israel is not the fucking victim in this. They are a settler colony that is hell-bent on ethnic cleansing, like we are seeing in the Gaza Strip, like we saw in the Nakba, like we have seen every few years in, in Gaza and in the West Bank for decades since the country's inception, right? And we see that they are even willing to kill their own people for political expediency of this whole settler colonial project, right? Um, so again, guys, that's all I have for you. Um, thanks for watching. Again, I'm going to try to do these shorter videos, try to get them out more to you more quickly, maybe two or three times a week if I'm able to. Um, so if you enjoyed this content, please like, please subscribe. Let's get this channel growing. We're entering into a new era of the Entitled Millennials, and I'm feeling really positive about it. Let's keep it rolling. Don't forget that you can support my independent media work on Patreon at patreon.com slash entitled millennials. You can support me there for $1 a month. You will not miss it, but if everybody watching this episode gives $1, hell, I'm a fucking YouTuber, right? Um, other than that, you can do one-time PayPal donations at paypal.me slash entitled millennials. Those are always greatly appreciated. You guys have saved my ass with those in the past. Um, but as always, guys, it's great hanging out with you. I love talking the issues with you, and I look forward to speaking again with you soon. Mm -hmm.